Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Thomas Bordalo was drafted by the San Jose Sharks 38th overall in the 2020 NHL entry draft while playing in the USHL with the National Team Development Program. After two solid seasons with the University of Michigan Wolverines in the Big Ten, he took the next step in his career by signing an amateur tryout contract offer with the American Hockey League San Jose Barracuda. Two games and three assists later, he signed an NHL agreement with the parent club and played his first National Hockey League game in Minnesota against the Wild on April 17, 2022. Bortolo has had an amazing journey to professional hockey, and we thought you'd enjoy hearing all about it on today's show. Thomas, you made a real splash into professional hockey this past year, but your hockey knowledge and your hockey background go way, way before that. Just give us the wiring diagram with your family a little bit. We know about your dad. Sebastian, he's played against the San Jose Sharks. In fact, was Bob Bugner's teammate in Nashville for a little bit. But uh, tell us about the larger wiring diagram for the Bordalo family. There's a there's a lot. Um, obviously, my my dad's dad, so my grandfather played too. Played for Vancouver, which was where my dad was born, and then coached my dad um, in the AHL when he was the. Uh, the coach from from uh, from Montreal's farm team, which was Fredericton at the time, and you know my dad got drafted by Montreal, so he ended up getting coached by my by my grandfather, who was kind of in his coaching career a little bit, and uh, my grandfather, who had two brothers, played. So there's that also, and then my uncle, who's my my dad's brother, he played a lot. He didn't end up playing in the NHL, but you know he made it. He made it really far. He, he made. Uh, you know, I think he made it in the, in the American League and then he just decided to stop or I don't know if he really made it or whatever, but there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, obviously my dad's still in hockey, still working with Nashville. He's the he's a forward development coach over in Nashville. Uh, grandfather just retired from coaching. He was the midget AAA local coach here. So uh, hockey's a big thing around our family, definitely. Well, you certainly have moved around a lot a bit, and that's obviously the, the life of a professional athlete because your dad was playing. You were born in Houston. That makes you a U.S. citizen and playing for the United States. But uh, you train in Montreal. You live there in the offseason. And, and your dad's family, actually your grandfather, is from Noranda, Grand Noranda area. Have you ever spent any time up there? I went a couple of times. Uh, you know, my dad used to love it there. He Obviously, he doesn't go really often. But my grandfather is like, up there 24 seven now because uh, he has a new girlfriend or whatever. And now she, she's from there. So now he's just over there, just, you know, he's retired from coaching and everything. He's enjoying life over there. And it's a, uh, it's a cool spot. It's uh, you know, obviously it's really, really cold during the winters, but uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff to do like just nature wise and, you know, up North, obviously. So it's uh, he's, he's having fun over there. 
definitely a connection to the Chicago Blackhawks too, in some ways, uh, uh, you know, they all ended up uh, with the Blackhawks, at least at one point in their life. I remember seeing uh, JP Bortolo play for the Blackhawks. And as it turned out, one of his teammates was your first NHL general manager, Doug Wilson. I suspect that that probably came up in the topic of conversation at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, uh, the first time I kind of uh, just went to, I just went to San Jose. I just went for a game, I think. And then I just had to just uh, uh, talk with, talk to him after the game and stuff like that. And uh, we were talking for a while. It was like during my, it was during the, uh, at the end, the start of the summer, I think after my freshman year or whatever, just, I just, I just wanted to go to San Jose, whatever, just kind of see the area and uh, talk to him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I played with your, your dad's uncle and stuff like that just telling me stories it was fun it's a fun time to relate and just kind of how small the hockey world is because it really is it's it's crazy well that's for sure and of course uh, speaking of crazy your life was like a suitcase for the first number of years of your life although you spent a lot of time in switzerland you were born in houston because your dad was playing for that team and then he, he went over to europe you ended up going over to switzerland and uh, that was at the end of his career after he played in nashville where he came into contact with Bob Bugner, but uh, just give us a thought about, about that experience for you and how it took you away from sort of the, the hub of, of North American hockey for a few years, but gave you other experiences in life. I think it was, it was huge. Like, obviously, you know, I was born in Houston, but you know, I stayed there like five months, eight months probably. And then we moved to Switzerland. So, um, you know, kind of just growing up there. I mean, first of all, it was, you know, I, I kind of, I, I hope my kids will have as much fun as I had when I was young, you know, and one day and it was, it was crazy in Switzerland. It was, it was, uh, you know, I think it's one of the most beautiful countries on earth. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a great place to live. And, you know, obviously, you know, my dad was kind of always home too, because, you know, the furthest he'd go was three hours away. So he'd come back home the same night after the game. So um, it was, it was, it was awesome. He was always there for me in hockey when I was young too. And, you know, obviously when he retired and we moved, uh, we moved to Montreal after Switzerland, you know, he was definitely really present in my hockey career too, and really helped my development. And, uh, you know, he, I think he was like the biggest part of all of it because being in Switzerland and being in Canada, uh, being in the U S for the NHL, being in France, when his dad was playing in France, he got so many coaches, so many mentalities and I did too but you know obviously with his more he has more experience and he kind of just blends them all into one and you know it kind of just makes makes you more complete stuff like that you know as a skills guy definitely and um you know there's there's that aspect but there's also just kind of the type of play and and stuff like that you know how they played I played my from from two to ten how you play in Switzerland is half ice so you play three on three or four on four like boards to boards, like, like, like not like 200 feet, literally like just boards to boards, like, and there's like two games going on at the same time. And, you know, so I just, I feel like it just really helped my like hockey sense and just kind of my skills for sure. I, I would think so. And it reminds me of when Bobby Orr was growing up, they used to just play out on the pound in Perry sound, Ontario, and they played a game, which they call shinny, which is basically keep away that gave him all of those skills for skating, first of all, in a larger area, but also the stick handling in traffic that you have to do uh, at the NHL level. I suppose that that's probably similar. Don't you think? Yeah, hundred percent. Cause it's just like, first of all, like it's, there's no like shifts cause there's a buzzer when it's your turn, like when it buzzes, it's either your turn or you're getting off. There's two lines. So you're just either on the bench for one minute or on the ice for one minute. So then you just keep switching and it's literally just 
all right, they score. All right, you, the, the ref takes the puck and just throws it in the middle. And all right, you guys go again. And it's it's crazy. And it's like we'd have like I'd have tournaments like in the middle of the woods. Uh, you know, uh, it's seven started seven in the morning, and then you know it'd go till eight at night because I'd play nine games in the day. You know, it, it'd be crazy. And um, it was it was so much fun. Obviously, you know, just kind of growing up around it. You just stay at the rink the whole day, and then you know probably like one or two days before that I was watching my dad play and then he would bring me to the locker room and stuff like that. It would be, it was a great experience for sure. Now your dad is, if I'm not mistaken, played in Bern and in Beale in Switzerland. So those are the towns you probably were living in, but uh, those are German towns in Switzerland, but there is French in Switzerland as well. I suppose in Lausanne or a place like that, they speak more French than they do German. What about the differences for you speaking uh, French from a Quebecer's perspective, which is one dialect, then you also have the French that they speak in Switzerland. And then you have the third option. Don't forget that your dad played in France for a while. So that's that's obviously a, a, another dialect. Uh, do, you, do you speak the language perfectly? And do you notice the differences? I can. Like, I, I, like right now, you know, obviously when I speak French, it's all like all the way, like, you know, Quebec French and stuff like that. But, you know, if I, if I try, you know, if I try really hard, like, yeah, I can like, you know, use the French from France accent really. Cause that's basically what they speak. You know, people that speak French in Switzerland, it's like the French from France. It's really the, you know, the old school French and, you know, all the prop, proper language. Cause in Quebec, there's a lot of English words and, you know, just kind of mixing things together. It's kind of, a, it's kind of crazy, but um, I mean, it's, it's really different for sure. You know, so in Switzerland, it's in the middle of, it's in the middle of Italy, France, and Germany. So the th those three languages are just in the, in Switzerland and uh I, I mean, Bern was definitely the whole, the whole city was German. That's for sure. Beale is actually half and half. So there's a like French part. There's a, there's a German part, but uh, it's only 20 minutes away from each other. And so we were able to just stay at the same house. We were living in Bern while my dad was playing in Beale. So it was really fun. So I was still going to the same French school, like French from France school, but in Bern. And, um, you know, at the same time, learning the learning German. So I was I was fluent by the time I was 10. But unfortunately, I just lost it all. So that's that's pretty bad. Well, when you started playing hockey there, obviously, you might have come into contact with a couple of Swiss players that might be in the NHL now. Did you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I played with uh, I played with Khrushchev that's on the Blackhawks, uh, you know, and I played with other guys that, you know, are like playing pro in Switzerland and stuff like that. Or sometimes, you know, maybe make the national teams. But. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see that. How does uh, living in the European lifestyle adjust your perspective about just uh, what's important in life? A lot. Uh, definitely, you know, you see there's there's so like there's just simple over there. You know, they're just kind of uh, they don't need much to be happy. You know, obviously, like they have beautiful sightings and stuff like that, but they're really just happy in general just to with their with their small stuff, you know. And, you know, obviously we come to America like you know, even, you know, Canada is kind of a little similar to the U.S., you know, it's like uh, everything's big, everything's, you know, everything's you know, more and more and more, let's build more, let's do more, let's get more and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's definitely been, you know, obviously two different perspectives. You know, I think I'm a mix of everything. That's how I grew up, obviously. So it kind of made me, but uh, I think it was, it was huge for me and my sister to just be open to such a like big world out there and just kind of see so much and just grow up with, you know, so many different perspectives. I think it was great for us. Yeah. Is your sister an athlete too? She is. She, uh, she plays soccer. She's uh, 17 years old right now. She's really, really good. Now where's she going to college? 
She doesn't know yet. She's looking at it. She's, she just, she's trying to decide where she wants to go to college. Uh, I think she wants to go somewhere that's a little warm, but uh, I will see. Uh, I think she's, she's, uh, she's super good, so I don't think she'll have trouble finding one. Where did your contact for the U.S. National Development uh, Program in Ann Arbor come from, playing in Europe and, and uh, not really being in the middle of all that? Yeah, so I was 14 years old when I joined the CAA agency and uh, kind of joined because, you know, when you're that young, it doesn't really mean anything. But Jim Hughes, who obviously dad of Quinn, Jack and Luke, um, for one summer, he was just like, hey, hey, boards, like come come to our house for two weeks, you know, just come work out with the boys and uh, come, you know, just come meet them. Like you just kind of wanted us to get to know each other, me and his kids. So I went there and that was the year I went to his house for the summer was the summer right before Jack was going in for his first year. So Quinn just got finished. Jack was going in for his first year. So before Jack, before I got to their house, literally, and that knew that Jack was going to go to the NTDP, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I didn't even know it existed at all. Even after spending four years in Canada, I didn't even know the NTDP existed and then followed Jack through it. And then when it was kind of my turn, um, Jim, Jimmy just kind of called, uh, called USA. I was like, Hey, this guy's American. You guys should check him out. And I guess they just decided, I don't know when they saw me play, but they, they definitely saw a couple games and they were just like, all right, come to, come to top 40 camp. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if you want to be here. We'll see if we want you here and stuff like that. So went to top 40 camp, uh, didn't know anyone, didn't like, didn't literally had no idea what was going on, but I just kind of just fell in love with the people, the place, the boys were great. I was, my English was really bad back then and the boys were awesome. Uh, you know, and man, I made, I made, I made friends for life in that place and it was, it was pretty special. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely, I'm really thankful for that. Seth Appert was your coach there. Yes, sir. Tell me about him and what it was like uh, learning from him. It was, uh, it was awesome. You know, I have the, the utmost respect for that guy. He's, uh, you know, he's really a guy that, you know, as a player, you, uh, you want to play for him. You know, I think he, our whole locker room was really bought in into his mentality, into what, how he felt we, we needed to play. And that's what gave us so much success because really, we didn't really have a talented team at all. Like we were, if you look at the names uh, on our team or just whatever, like compared to the other NTDP teams that I've been through, we didn't have any, any huge you know, superstars and stuff like that. So, you know, we really needed to kind of grind and, and you know, stick to the system. And um, so uh, it worked. I mean, obviously our U18 Worlds got canceled, but I was going in really, really confident, you know, thinking that could do something special. So he, uh, he made something really, really special out of not a lot. So, you know, and I still keep in touch a lot with him. Uh, you know, when my, when my dad and him are in the same town, because now he's the coach of the, uh, of the Buffalo's American team. Um, right in Rochester. Yes, sir. And uh, so when they see each other or whatever, they make cities, you know, they still go out for to dinner and, you know, if I end up seeing him somewhere, I'm definitely going to, you know, go to dinner with him or something. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's been awesome, uh, you know, having the chance to meet him in my life for sure. So what about the U.S. Hockey League and, and the fact that the U.S. National Team Development Program plays in that league? You got a chance to do that with the under-17 and the under-18 team. Uh, give us a thought about that uh, procedure and that preparation. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, the first thing they tell you at the program is literally, like, we're going to make you guys fail as much as we can. Like, they, they want you to – their goal is to push you in a position of failure as much as they can. And that's what happens. You know, you're a bunch of 16 year olds 
you know, you think you're, you think you're good. You think you've made the national team. Like you, you all, you all proud of yourself. And then you go in your first game, USHL is all 16 years old and you just get run through the boards, like literally. And just, it's hard. It's hard. The first year is hard. Like it's, it's rare that a good, that is, that a U17 team does well in, in the USHL, you know, like if we won a game, it was like, it's like a big thing. It was like, Oh, wow. Let's go boys. Like we, we played really well. So again, it was a grind going through that first year, but then that second year it's, we play, we play half our season college level. So then the second year, the USHL kind of becomes definitely easier, but you play half your games against North Dakota, BU, Michigan, like, you know, all those huge schools. So again, just, you gotta, you gotta grind, you gotta grind. And, uh, you know, our schedule was crazy at the NTP. I don't think there's, a, I, I personally don't think there's a place that, you know, they make you work that hard ever. I think it's slightly from, we were from six in the morning to six at night, six, seven at night, just at the rink. It was crazy, but it was, it was a fun time with the boys. And, you know, I just, I, again, you bond for life after that. So, yeah. That's a natural recruiting place, obviously, for the University of Michigan, given the fact that the program's right there in Ann Arbor. And of course, uh, you know, with the Hughes connection, you had a, a little bit of a push, but you also had some guys on that team, Maddie Beneers, Jake Sanderson, Dylan Peterson. These are guys that are up and coming players in the NHL. So was that around the time when you were starting to get to the idea that maybe you have a, a chance to play pro hockey? Yeah, I think I think the first time I was really like, oh, you know, I can like maybe I can do, I can, I can, you know, make something out of hockey. Like my dad did and stuff like that it was like when I played underage, when I was 14 years old and I was like, I, I, I was able to play as an underage or midget triple a, you know, when it was just like 15, 16, 17 years old. And, you know, not a lot of guys did that before me. So I was just like, Oh, you know, maybe I might, you know, obviously it was when I look back at it, I'm like, Oh, it means nothing. You could do that and still be end up being awful. But for me, that was kind of like when I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can do something, you know, maybe I can, not that could be good enough, you know, if I decide to actually, if I want it, you know, so I think for me, that's, that's kind of how it was, and then definitely I wanted to go the college route, so it was like, where do I go from Midget AAA, and the NTP opened up to me, so it was, uh, it was definitely awesome, and when I got to the NTP, I was just like, you know, I was just trying, I just tried to be a sponge, you know, definitely as, as soon as I got there, I was like, you know what, I, I don't care what I know, I don't care what I've been taught, I'm just going to literally just open myself up as much as I can. And it was great. No, that's an attitude. That's obviously going to serve you well in professional hockey too. You get to the university of Michigan. That's a big time hockey program. Yost arena, just a famous, famous barn and the rivalry with Michigan state and all of those other teams in college hockey. That's something special to, to be part of, but just give us your thought about combining school with hockey because obviously when you go to the national development program you're still in high school basically and uh you know you're really focusing a lot on playing the game but what about that that component to your life and what it meant to you to play there for a couple of years and becoming what they call a michigan man uh i mean it was it was awesome because they take such good care of you honestly like you know they they really you know we have ashley corn our academic advisor and whatever. She's, she's literally awesome. She's literally, she's the best. She's, I mean, I'm going to talk for, for me because I can't really say that the same for the, for the other guys. I don't know how, you know, how they feel or whatever, but she's been so good to me, you know, just kind of setting up my schedule, just, you know, trying to make it as, you know, as, as good as possible. So I really have time to focus on hockey and stuff like that. And she was helping me with work and 
it was it was great. She was she was awesome, and you know I I owe a lot a lot to her. She doesn't get enough credit because she's behind the scenes and no one knows about it. But uh, um, no, it was definitely it was definitely something special. And obviously, you know, playing at Yost, um, it's definitely one of the things I'm gonna miss the most uh, in my life. Just being wearing maize on a on a Saturday after you just won on a Friday um, at Yost in front of a in front of a packed barn. I mean, every game was a packed barn. That's what that's the most incredible thing about Yost was literally we would play we played right after Michigan beat Ohio State in football which was huge like literally like no one had service on their phone around campus because everyone was on campus and it was a snowstorm we had to walk to the rink because our cars were like there was just too much traffic because there was there's people everywhere so we had to walk to the rink and we're like we're playing Niagara that day and we're like there's gonna be two people in the game like there's no way there's actually gonna be anyone and we show up and like we go out for for the game and it's packed and we're like what is going on like how does this happen and it's that's the beauty of of michigan and i think it's it speaks for itself people are so proud of the block m and people are so you know are so proud of their athletics and you know the ho hockey fans are something different for sure because of their passion but i think that's what made it so special also playing in the NCAA playoffs. I know you didn't win a national championship while you were there, but still that's, that's gotta be an amazing experience. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was definitely awesome. Just getting to Boston. We had the Bruins locker room. So it was pretty cool, you know, obviously for a bunch of us and uh, uh, just the police escort to the game, you know, we were like all the way across town and then, you know, just get a police escort, like, and everyone's looking at our bus and stuff like that. And you get to the rink and, it's just the red carpet with like a bunch of fans. You go through that. It was a special moment for sure. You know, my, my whole family was there and, um, you know, a couple of buddies, my trainer was, was there also. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely special. Um, we didn't, obviously it's not the ending. I think we deserved, but we definitely created life, lifelong memories with that, with that group of guys. And it was awesome. You're listening to the Shark Spotlight on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Thomas Bordalo is in the Shark Spotlight today. What was the decision-making process for you after your sophomore year to decide to become a professional hockey player and sign first what was a, an amateur tryout agreement with the Sharks organization, play for the Barracuda, and then sign an NHL contract? How difficult was that decision to make, and uh, what was behind it? I think it was, you know, obviously during the year you think about it, but you're really like, man, like, do I really want to like, you know, grind my head with that and stuff, you know, you just kind of just, you're like, all right, I'll push it for later, push it for later, push it for later. And you always do that. And then when it's the time to do it, like, okay, what's happening. And then, um, I don't know. I, it was just kind of a feeling. So a weird feeling that we had just after we lost, you know, in Boston and, just kind of look at, you know, I remember like it was yesterday. I literally just had Kent on my right. I just had uh, Briss right next to Kent, Maddie in the corner, and then Owen like just right across from me. And, you know, I just kind of remember we just kind of like looked at each other and just like, obviously we were all like crying and we were just like, man, like, is this, this our last game altogether? You know, because at the same time, we were like, our, like me and Briss were looking at each other also and, and we're like, okay, well, Owen's for sure signing. So even let's say we all decide to stay, still no Owen. And then, you know, we like kind of the same thought process goes from to every guy, you know, even if Owen stays and Maddie doesn't still 
like one of the boys that's gone, you know? So it's kind of just, it's kind of like a, just kind of a feeling we had. And then after we, we got back from Boston, we're in Michigan we were all like at my house and we were just hanging out, just chilling and, you know, slowly Owen sign, can't sign, Blankenberg sign our captain. Um, you know, me and Briss were like the last ones to sign, you know, Maddie signed. And then me and Briss were, we you know, we were just kind of, it was just contract stuff. It was, it was in the works. And um, yeah, I think it was kind of, we knew that it was time to kind of, you know, I think there's, there's a curve where you kind of, you're, you're just on your way up. And I felt like it was the right time for me to decide to yeah, make that jump. Is getting your degree still important to you? Uh, for sure. I mean, I think it's definitely like something that, you know, is, is definitely important in, in life. And I think it's, it's something that you should be proud of. And um, so obviously I have two years left. Um, so it's going to be hard, you know, just taking it all from distance and stuff like that. Luckily, luckily Michigan, you know, has uh, given me like the opportunity to have a lifetime scholarship when I go up to Michigan. So whenever I'm done playing hockey or whatever, I can go back and it's all paid for. So um, that's, that's a great thing about it for sure. Boy, that is really a great deal. They didn't used to do that back in the day, but no, it's, uh, it's but... a new thing now. Talk about the experience with the San Jose Barracuda. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in the very limited couple of games you played, it's not college hockey. It's not the National Hockey League, but uh, you get a little taste of what being a professional is about. Some of the ups, some of the downs. Tell us about what uh, what your reaction was to jumping into that league and what level of respect you have for the guys that play there. A lot of respect, a lot of you know, it's definitely mentally tough for sure. You know, you're so close, but yet you're not there. You know, it's, and you know, the schedule's hard and stuff like that. And um, the, the games are hard because, you know, there's, it's literally, it's literally like a mix of college and the NHL. It's, you know, kind of some guys that have a lot of grit, a lot of, you know, they work really hard, but can also make plays. And then there's some skills guys and then there's some really, really tough guys, obviously. And then just kind of all combined and stuff like that. So, you know, when I got in, I literally got in the day before a game. I got in San Jose, practiced, and the next day it was game day. So it was really just like I just kind of jumped on the ice. And there's like, like obviously I had a couple of meetings with the coaches. But, you know, at the end of the day, like they were, I mean, their season was over. They're not making the playoffs. So they were really just like, you know, go out there and play, do your thing. So they made me feel really good about myself right before I even touched the ice. So. Uh, that was really, really nice of them. And then, you know, obviously when I, when I got on the ice, uh, I had really, I was really lucky with, you know, I was, I had really good line mates and it was, it was just pretty easy for me to just kind of play with them. And um, it, it obviously we didn't, we didn't get to win one of those two games. I think we, we really were in there, like those two games we could have won, but um, yeah, it was, I think it was definitely something that I enjoyed spending time there. Well, you know what else happened too? You you say that you, you sort of got thrown into it. You, same thing happened in the NHL. You sign a contract and you you go to Minnesota and you fly there. You haven't even practiced with your team yet, and you have to jump in and get all acclimated. And you played your first game in April of '22 against the Wild on the road. Realization of a dream, obviously, to get to the league, and we know all about that. You pick up an assist on a on a goal by Rudolph's Balsers, and you're showing some chemistry with Rudolph's Balsers and with Noah Gregor as line mates. Um, reflect on that experience for me when it finally happened for you. It was, it was a little surreal. I think, I think the most I was trying to do, cause I was like, cause obviously I'm a player that demands a lot out of myself. I'm easily, you know, I'm, I'm rarely, you know, kind of like 
yay, I played a good game. I'm happy, blah, blah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm usually pretty hard on myself. And, you know, for that first game, I just really tried to let go of everything that's hockey and just really just enjoy the moment. And, you know, that's, that was everyone's advice to me. It was Boogie's advice to me. It was, you know, my dad's, it was everyone that was, that you know, has been through there. And uh, it was just really enjoy the moment, you know, on the ice, do your thing, you know what to do. It's not, it's not new, it's hockey, you know? So it's just, it's just another level and it's just, so I was just trying to get it all in and, you know, it's definitely a special experience. Just the first warm up, you know, first time you're on, on the bench when it's like when the game's starting and stuff like that. So um, it was definitely a special moment for myself and my parents, you know, we went to dinner the night before in Minnesota. Um, my dad was just smiling the whole, the whole time. And uh, it was special to see him like that for sure. Yeah, that was excellent. And of course, your dad and your mom, Chantel, know Bob Bugner really well because of the time that they spent as teammates in Nashville. It's kind of a nice small world coming to a full circle, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, so many times you're like, Jesus, like hockey is such a small world and then it happens again. And then, you know, after the game, you know, I was with my parents and, you know, uh, I think, my, I mean, my dad hasn't seen Boogie in forever. You know, obviously I never, you know, they kind of, you know, you have your own lives, like, you know, you lose touch with some people or whatever. And then, you know, when they were just outside the bus and, you know, you know Boogie just kind of congratulated my dad for, you know, for, for, you know, what he's done with me and stuff like that. It was, it was a, it was a fun moment to, to, to witness. What about the fact that your dad is obviously involved in player development for the Nashville Predators? And uh, uh, given that, uh, that you guys could have been, you could have been drafted by that team. Was there a possibility you thought you might be taken by them? I don't think so. I think, uh, I think I was pretty sure that like of the whole, like, let's keep like family out of this. It's like, you know, I think I was, I think that was my vibe of how, what I got from, you know, Nashville, because I really never got interviewed by Nashville or, you know, talked to them at all. So I was like, okay, I think that's, that's the direction we're going in. And I was obviously Nashville's a cool, cool spot. It would have been, it would have been nice with my dad, but you know, I was, CNHL. I was so happy when, when I got drafted by the Sharks, and especially because I had a feeling it was going to be them also. But um, I was, the people there and everyone's just amazing, so I couldn't have wished for better. What about your first home game against the Columbus Blue Jackets? That was your first experience skating through the Shark Head, and I know a lot of guys when they do that for the first time, they say it's an experience that's unique. It is unique. It, it's it's pretty special and. Uh, it's even more special when uh, you just look on the other side of the blue line and uh, there's the two guys that you were playing with two weeks ago and they have a Columbus Blue Jacket jersey on and uh, you just see Johnson and Blankenberg skating around and uh, it's just, uh, I mean, even for them, I think we like looked at each other in the warm-ups and we're just like, is this real? Like what, what's happening right now? You know, and uh, it was definitely something uh, I'll remember forever. Well, one thing that everybody says when they get to the NHL finally and play a few games, it's sort of like you go through high school, you get straight A's, you get 1600 on your SATs, and then you get into Harvard. And then when you show up there, everybody got straight A's and everybody got 1600 on their SATs. And in a sports way, it's like that, you know, you guys are out there playing against each other and you're, you know, you're going against guys that, uh, that have been the best in their league their entire lives. Now you're playing against them. Uh, given, given all of that, did you get a real eyeful and earful is exactly what you have to do to train to become a full-time national hockey league player? I think I somehow did, but there's definitely so much more, you know, obviously I'm not going to learn everything in eight games. Uh, you know, I definitely, 
Uh, I'm super, super, super thankful for my games. I think it definitely put me in the right mindset for the summer and for camp that's coming up and stuff like that. I think it was awesome to get those games in. And, you know, I'm really, really grateful for that. But, um, you know, there's definitely so much more. And I only played eight teams. So, uh, uh, you know, it's definitely special uh, watching, you know, playing against guys like Kane, Taze, you know, and obviously at the World Championship later, I got to play other guys uh, that are really, really good. And, you know, just playing with, playing with, just playing and practicing with, you know, with, you know, Timo, like Tommy, uh, Bernsey, and all those guys is, you know, you kind of just, see what they do on a regular basis. And it's just kind of, yeah, you just gain experience every time. And it's, uh, for me, it was, uh, yeah, I was really grateful I got to live, live that, yeah. Is it always a, a kind of a pinch me, I think I'm dreaming kind of thing when you're sitting in the locker room, you see a guy like Brent Burns sitting over there, a guy you've watched for a long time and now he's your teammate? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, all right, don't try to look too out of place. It's like, don't try to look too amazed by everything. It's like that. It's kind of keep your cool, like just act normal, but it's definitely special. It's definitely kind of, you just want to keep staring and you just want to, but like, you like, you can't, you just gotta do, you just gotta do your thing. And that's, I think that's, that's what I, that, that's the one thing. That's one of the biggest thing I kind of got out of my small, small time in the NHL was just kind of like, you know, you, you got to keep your head out of the water. It's, you have no time to just sit and watch. It's really, even like, you know, when I'm just, I'm not just talking during games just in general, you know, you gotta, you have to rank, you got no time to, you know, obviously you can, you can, have fun with the boys or whatever, but you know, you gotta, you gotta do your thing, uh, you know, most of all. So, yeah. Well, you gotta earn your salary as they say. And the, the other thing is you have to deal with the schedule. It's 82 games. So it's not like the college hockey schedule where you're practicing five days a week and then you play Saturday or Friday and Saturday and, and that's it. And then you're, you're worried about your schoolwork the rest of the time. This is a, a situation where you're playing against the best in the world. You might have uh, four games in one week in certain cases, so usually about three, and not as much time to practice when you're a Western Conference team. What do you think the biggest thing is going to be for you to be acclimated and, and get your 5'10", 175-pound body through an 82-game schedule? Sleep and recovery, literally. Just, you know, I'm, I'm a – Obviously, I'm a smaller stature guy. You know, I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm more vulnerable in some ways for sure, you know. So um, just I think my biggest thing personally for me, it's my head and my legs. You know, the, the rest of it kind of takes takes uh, takes care for itself. But, you know, as long as my, my head's on straight, you know, because I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I think my biggest strength is my hockey IQ and, and you know, my definitely my skating. So, um for me, as you know, and my, and my hands, obviously, but um, I think as long as these things are right, the rest is all just do your thing, work hard, and you know everything's gonna gonna pan out how it should. So, yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be an adjustment. It's gonna be my first full season. You know, I, I talked to a lot of guys that you know played their full season, first full season last year too, like you know, like Boldy, who I was with at the program and at the World Championship. You know, even guys like. You know, um, Cole Caulfield here in Montreal, and uh, yeah, it's it's an adjustment. And some of the guys hit a wall. You try to hit, you try to not hit it at all, or hit it as small as possible. But uh, um, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs during the season, that's for sure. But you know, again, you just gotta try to keep your head out of the water and, and do and do what you gotta do. And the reality is, players like Logan Couture and Joe Pavelski played uh, for parts of their first full season in the American Hockey League, gained a lot of experience. That's always a possibility too. The fact that uh, that the Barracuda setup has got a brand new arena, TCU Arena, Tech CU Arena, is uh, got to be also kind of exciting because uh, that means that every every aspect of your your career is is in good hands. 
For sure. For sure. I think, uh, I think it's great that, you know, like when AHL teams are just in the same city, it makes it so much easier for players. Like you don't have to, you don't have to always think about where am I going to live? Like what's happening? Like I got to have a place here or there and stuff like that. So it's, it's, I think that's awesome. They did a great job and I'm excited to see what the, what the rink's going to look like during a rookie tournament, I think, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Want to ask you about uh, your experience with the U.S. national team because uh, your first experiences with them very frustrating. The fact that you couldn't play in the World Juniors because of the COVID pandemic, not once but twice. Let's start with that. Uh, how difficult was that an experience? It was. Uh, it was pretty much the most difficult thing in my life. Is you know, I've never been down so much after that. When I got COVID the second year, I've never really felt like that in my life. I was just kind of, I was also alone in my house during 10 days in Michigan before I was able to go back home for, for Christmas. So I was alone for 10 days in my house after I learned I couldn't go to World Juniors again. And um, it was it was tough. It was a tough 10 days for sure. And, uh, you know, even after that, kind of just PTSD from that during, like during January and stuff like that. But and um, yeah, I think I kind of grew, I grew a lot from, the, from this season. I think I've never grew so much. I've never grown so much mentally during a season than, than I've done this year. Uh, I think it's, it's been huge and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but I'm kind of, kind of made me more bulletproof, you know, kind of made me more strong mentally and just kind of ready for any bad thing that really could happen to me. But again, you know, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything or jinx myself, but um, it's uh, it's been a learning it's been a learning process for sure this whole year. But you know, at least I I was able to end it right. So uh, there's that. Have you ever been seriously injured? Knock on wood, no, not nothing that kept me uh, off the ice for uh, a long period of time. Now, just elude those big guys like Owen Power when you're on the ice next year, and you'll be okay. Uh, I want to ask you about going to the World Championships this year because you know you have. Jacob Megna was one of your teammates. He obviously played for the San Jose Sharks as well, kind of a veteran player. But when you finally did get to represent your country in the World Championships, you scored the last goal for Team USA in the, in the third place game that you ended up uh, losing to the Czech team with. But, uh, but just talk about that, that experience and going to Finland and being able to, to wear the red, white, and blue. Yeah, every time you get a chance to represent your country, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, that's really special and, you know, I learned it really young, you know, when I was at the NTP, like just how special it was to, to wear that jersey and play for that jersey. And, um, you know, it was definitely, I was going there, you know, with really just wide open eyes, you know, because I was, I knew I was going to meet so many like established NHL players, really good players. And, you know, um, I just, I was really excited to meet all of them and, you know, just, yeah, I could get to know and just gain experience from them too also. So it was, it was, it was awesome. We were all at the same hotel too, all, all the teams. So, you know, I was grabbing breakfast and Pasternak was making himself toast and Neilander was right next to him and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, Tommy, you know, Tommy was, was there too. And uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. You know, guys like, you learn from, you learn from guys like, you know, like Jones, like Seth Jones, like, uh, like Nathan Schmidt, you know, uh, uh, you know, Chucky Galchenyuk was, was really, was really awesome to me. He's, he's, I skated with him when I was super young and my dad was working for Montreal and he, 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 uh, he remembered me uh, and when I came in, he was like, no way. Like there's no, not a chance that I was skating with you when I was like 19 or 18. And now I play with you when I'm 28 or whatever. So it was pretty funny, but, um, 
yeah, again, just playing against more of those great players, and it was awesome. You got a unique perspective too on at least one person that we want to hear about, and that's goaltender Strauss Mann, who played for the U.S. Uh, team in the World Championships for a few games at least until uh, until the Boston Bruins uh, season came to an end, and then he was backing up. But you, he was a teammate of yours at Michigan. The Sharks just signed him out of Europe as a free agent, so um, he's plugged to uh, at least come in at least to the San Jose Barracuda and challenge for a spot in the NHL. Give us a scouting report on Strauss Mann. Dialed, <laughs> super serious. Everything he does, he's uh, he's bought in. He's uh, he wants to be a hockey player, and he's doing everything for it. He's a uh, he's a really smart individual, really smart guy, um, and really on the ice, he's just you know he's he's like he is off the ice, structured. You know, you know, not flashy, not whatever. He's structured. He's always kind of prepared. He's you know, before games, he's got the most insane, not just before games, but just in life. He's got the most insane lifestyle I've ever seen, what he eats, what he does. Um, I've never seen anything like it, but, you know, it's been working for him. And, um, you know, uh, he's a great, he's a great dude. I love, I love spending time with him. So uh, I'm excited for him. I think it's, uh, it's awesome that he got the chance to sign with San Jose. What do you like to do when you're not playing hockey? Oh, a bunch of things. I, I'm a big movie guy. Uh, I love movies. Uh, I can just watch five a day. Um, also TV shows, same thing with TV shows, really. My friends are always on me because we can't watch anything on, on Netflix with me because I've watched everything. But uh, um, yeah, so I'm a big movie guy. I love, you know, I, I love just kind of hanging out, listening to music, honestly. Like, I'm a big music guy also. So maybe just like, you know, either like now I'm in California and, you know, I've been spending more time in California, sometimes just by the beach, like just with music on or just in the sun with music and, and stuff like that. So hanging out with friends, it's, it's basically all I do really. Do you have eclectic taste in music? Uh, I, it goes really everywhere because it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it goes everywhere. I'm a big rap guy for like, obviously before games, like I'm huge into rap and, you know, so, yeah. So I, I, I love a lot of rappers but then I also love just kind of like vocals, like just kind of, I don't know, I've been into this new guy, Arden Jones, and I think he's insanely good. I love, I, I love like, you know, it's just kind of just different type of music. It's kind of like pop slash, it's, it's just kind of like a guitar and a couple, like a couple of drums in the back and him singing and, you know, guys like Kid Leroy that are slash rappers slash singers and, and Machine Gun Kelly and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. I got a feeling that you and Mario Ferraro are going to be fighting over the, uh, over the Spotify playlist next year. I think, I think by the amount of time he's been there, he's got it. <laughs> awesome. Um, one last thought, just to, just about uh, becoming a professional athlete and how uh, focused and dialed in you are to being the best player you can be as you, as your career begins now, just what do you, what are your thoughts about what lies ahead of you? I mean, definitely a lot of, a lot of, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of tough times coming, mentally tough times coming. Um, and I know that, you know, uh, I need to get better in a lot of aspects of my game and a lot of the little things I do on the ice. But, you know, I think that I, I know what I can do. I know what, what I, what I'm good at and my, my weaknesses off the ice too. Like what's like, Oh, what will make me less want to work out? All right. If I, you know, obviously if I go to bed late the night before and stuff like that and, whatever. So I think it's all about really kind of finding the best balance in my life, which will bring the best hockey player out of me. I think that's, that's what I've been doing a lot. And it's 
it's that's what I've been doing it basically ever since February when all this stuff happened to me and I was trying to build myself back up um, and I kind of changed my mentality of kind of like doing me and you know kind of like obviously you know being a, being a good team and stuff like that but just more doing me and just being dialed in what I do and stuff like that and uh, it's been pretty it's been pretty good for me lately. Well we're excited for that and obviously with your experience in Europe you got to be excited about uh, potentially being with the team when they go to Berlin and then go to Prague in October. Yeah, it's uh, it was gonna be a, a awesome trip. I've been to Prague once. It's awesome city. It's it's amazing, and Berlin too. So uh, it's definitely gonna be exciting. Yeah. Thomas, thanks a lot for spending time with us today. No, oh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Sharks fans the world over are looking forward to watching Thomas Bordalo. I'm Dan Rusinowski. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.